right, all right. Day 186. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so I'm in Isaiah 53 uh, today. And um, remember, Isaiah, the book, is a fifth gospel, right? It is the, uh, we learn more about um, Jesus in the New Testament and what uh, Christ comes to do for us in Isaiah more than any other Old Testament book. And Isaiah 53, uh, along with Isaiah 52, um, are some of the most important chapters in your Bible. I think you should circle this chapter, highlight it, write it on the tablet of your heart, write it on your doorpost, talk about it when you get up, when you lie down, when you're going along the way, teach it to your children, Deuteronomy 6. But um, Isaiah 53 comes, fam, and it, it, it really is this fourth servant song. So remember, we've been talking about these servant songs in Isaiah, and there's four of them, and this is the last one. So it actually started at the end of 52. So it starts in 52, uh, 13, and ends in 53, 12. But in 53, he comes and we've been learning um, about this servant. But what this servant song shows is that this servant is one who is a suffering servant. Right. He's a suffering servant. And verse 13 of 52. Remember, that's where the song actually starts. Verse 13 of 52 tells us that this servant will be raised and lifted up and greatly exalted. Now, these are the exact same descriptors used for God, used for Yahweh in the throne room scene of Isaiah chapter 6. Remember, the, the whole book of Isaiah flows out of Isaiah 1 and Isaiah 6. So he uses the same descriptors for this servant. Wild. That's wild. So we we, we remember um, the servant is being revealed to us. He is um, progressively being revealed. So he is this kingly figure, right? God, God was in his throne room, right? He was being shown as this great king over the whole earth. Here, um, the same descriptors are used, so we know this is a kingly figure. This servant is a servant king, right? Um, but he's also a suffering king. So it says um, in verse 1, who has believed what we have heard, right? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? In other words, this servant will undergo suffering. But the irony is, is that in his suffering, God will, will reveal and exhibit his power. God's going to reveal his power in the servant's suffering, right? So I love it because God... In the kingdom of God, and I can, I got to go here. In the kingdom of God, power is redefined. Power is not about seizing by force, but about self-giving. It is not about uh, the, 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 the seizing, but it's actually about, it's actually about sacrifice. You want to see those who have real spiritual power, see those who give sacrificially of themselves. And so God shows that here. But the servant, though, as well, he is not just associated with the Lord, but he's also distinct with uh, distinct from the Lord. He 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 grew up as a plant. He was a man. He was a person. He was rejected by men, the text says. He was also overly ordinary in terms of his his appearance, right? He wouldn't, you know, on GQ magazine, you dig know what I'm saying? He 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 wasn't valued by people. He was he was misunderstood. He he was someone that wasn't just a servant though. I love it because the text is gonna be so clear about this. He was someone who wasn't just a servant, but he was also a substitute. Look at verse four. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains but we in turn regarded him stricken hmm, struck down by god and afflicted but he was pierced because of our rebellion crushed because of our iniquities punishment for our peace was on him we are healed by his wounds i love it because the structure of this passage now the bible is so intricate and so uh deep man listen the structure of this passage is so important 
Why? In the first few verses of this song, one, verses 1 and 2 of this chapter, he speaks of the birth and coming of this servant. But in, but in 7 through 9, skip the, first, skip the middle verses, in 7 through 9, he speaks of his death and his burial. So in other words, the, the chapter uh, or the verses I just read um, are central. They're in the center of what takes place here with this servant. Why is that important? Because this substitution is actually central to what the servant is actually going to do. The language and the language of bearing sins and iniquity are spoken of uh, uh, in the same language that Israel's sacrificial system is spoken of. So remember, in the sacrificial system in Israel, they had a temple and they would have to bring these unblemished lambs on the Day of Atonement to provide forgiveness of sins for the people of God. And they would have to bring uh, other sacrifices daily for other offerings and coverings. So in other words, the redemption that God is going to bring about in this new exodus, Isaiah 40 to 55, won't come but by the vicarious suffering and substitution of this servant king in place of his people, in place of his people. And we know who this is about. <laughs> we know who this is about. Further, this work accomplishes something for people. That he suffers for right it accomplish, it accomplishes something for him right it, it, it culminates in his death in verse 8 but the work of the righteous servant justifies many it makes other people righteous right and as a result of his work he is rewarded now it's interesting to be rewarded after death means that he has to have life after death he 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 says the text says he receives something after he dies and something he receives is a people he receives the people. Why? Because he submitted to death. All of this to say that God is going to accomplish this royal victory as a king through an atoning, sin-bearing, suffering servant. This is the story of Jesus, right? This is given prophetically here about him. And this works comes once again in the wider context of the reigning of God. Remember Isaiah 52, 7, right? In the context of a new exodus, right? And this, this, this servant, this last servant song shows us that the ultimate and final accomplishment of this work won't come but by the suffering and then the glory of God. The servant God reveals the paradoxical nature of his power, the ironic way that he accomplishes victory and salvation in the unexpected way he brings about his kingdom. It's so much here. I could go on forever, but I'm going to move Isaiah 54 after this. Rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. Chapter 54 is about this rejoicing. He's inviting them. He's commanding them, entreating them, imploring them to rejoice. It's glory. Remember, the pattern of redemption in the Bible is suffering, then glory. The whole Bible is death to resurrection. It's suffering first, then it's glory. And, and we just seen it in the servant. They are commanded to rejoice. I wish I had time to talk about today. Listen, your suffering has an expiration date, but your joy doesn't. <laughs> suffering will cease but joy will remain forever we'll talk about it more later zion in this text is personified as this barren woman remember zion is jerusalem the city of god the city of david it's this it's this is personified as this barren woman throughout this section and now her children will be many in this text Right. This alludes back to Abraham and Sarah. Remember, they didn't have uh, they were barren. The whole Israelite people starts from Abraham and Sarah. That's why I always go back to Abraham and Sarah. Right. Israelite people started from Abraham and Sarah. This is why Paul, when he's arguing to the Jews about salvation being my faith alone, he's like, yo, yo, remember Abraham, father Abraham. He's 
he's the genesis of our people anyway um now he says he says a place that was once cursed is now reversed to be blessed right once again all because of the servant now he speaks of the repopulation and restoration of zion we've talked about that as as as, as reconciled right like a divorced couple they're reconciled to god right and uh this is why the new testament is going to use so much reconciliation language talking about uh what jesus accomplishes for us we are reconciled to god our sin alienates us from god but what jesus does is reconcile us back to god right the servant accomplishes this for his people and i love what happens at the end he will speak of jerusalem as this new uh, as this new rebuilt city right so the servant now listen check this don't don't miss this the servant is now going to be spoken of from Isaiah 54 on. I love it. It's so good. In the plural. In the plural. You say what you mean. Listen, before Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53 on back, the servant was spoken of in the singular. <laughs> so what after this, <laughs> oh my God, he's spoken of in the plural. Why? Mm. In other words, the faithful servant creates faithful servants. Or as one, as one scholar put it, the servant king creates a kingdom of servants, right? And that includes you. <laughs> this servant king comes and he creates people that follow in his path. <laughs> or in other words, he creates, to use New Testament, like he creates disciples, right? He creates servants. And, 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 and that's your primary vocation, if you were wondering. Your primary vocation as a Christian is to serve God. Go read 1 Thessalonians uh, 1, 9 through 10 i love it because if 50 if 50, if 50 if 53 describes the means by which god establishes the salvation of his people 50 54 describes the new condition uh that the salvation creates it creates this new city with offspring that is a place of righteousness that is a place of peace and a place of flourishing in other words it creates a kingdom right it creates a kingdom it inaugurates a kingdom and the call for them and for us is to rejoice Right. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Fifty five comes. Man, so good. And he continues this 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 invitation. And I love this right here, man, because this invitation to come uh, to come to this kingdom. Right. You're invited. You're invited. You're invited. Um, it's, it's an invitation. But you realize with this invitation, there are no qualifications, right, or credentials needed prior to coming, right? So uh, many of you know, I'm going to the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Uh, I will be leaving in about a month, literally. Um and one of the things you realize, no, 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 they'll give you an invitation to come after you apply and all that kind of good stuff. But you got to have certain credentials, right? You you can't just come in this bad boy with no qualifications, right? And it's not like that in the kingdom of God. Look what it says. Verse two, why do you spend silver on what is not food and your wages on what is not satisfied? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choices of foods. So he talks about, I believe before that, um, coming and there being um no requirements no credentials needed come everyone who is thirsty that's what it says in verse one come to the water and you without silver come buy and eat right but he, then he goes on and talks about what can't satisfy anyway god is saying this all you need to come to me is need right all you need is need the needy i'm calling the needy to come into my kingdom and he said no no like what you what you find here you can't find elsewhere right god is saying no no i'm the only one who can quench the thirst of the human soul i'm the only one that can satisfy the hungers of the heart god provides what no one else nowhere else can give he provides what no one else can give in other words the very things we all long for are found in god's kingdom and with god not outside of him 
right? And this is all based on this covenant, this invitation, and this invitation, man, I love it. It's so all inclusive. Inclusive. So he's going to invite the nations to come as well. Um, and I love as as one as one uh, theologian put it. He says, "No, um, uh, the uh, the whole world is invited into the new world, <laughs> right?" God says, "No, no, everybody's invited." I just need you to repent. This is why Jesus comes on the scene, fam. In Mark chapter one, he's like, no, 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 repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? Same invitation, same Isaiah, Asianic themes, right? And um, I love it because he he talks about his way of salvation in, in 55, man. And he's like, yo, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Uh, my ways are higher than your ways at infinitum, right? As the heavens are higher than the earth, right? In other words, what God does for us uh, in salvation, man, and bringing us into his kingdom transcends and supersedes human logic right it, it transcends our own ways nobody could have drawn it up nobody could have written it out nobody could have directed it right and this is something we will never get to the bottom of and never fully wrap our minds around and i love the very end the very end is smooth too he says yo you will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided the mountains and the hills will break into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands instead of the thorn bush a cypress will come up and instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the Lord, an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. In other words, creation here is spoken of in supernatural uh, language and supernatural ways that transcend the current condition that it is currently in. Right. So what he's saying is that there will be a new creation. We've been saying that. And he will illuminate this further in the next and final section of the book. But he's saying this new creation will will serve as an eternal sign, symbol, and monument to my glory and what I've done in keeping my covenant promises uh, as a great king over my people. 56. In 56, transition, right? So 40 to 55 was all about this new exodus. 56 to 66 is more about uh, the new creation um, and how the kingdom is, 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 is will, will be expansive as the universe is itself. It's amazing. Uh, you know, 1 through 39, we'll talk about the people will be prophecies given to the people uh, before the exile, right? Before they were taken off to Babylon. 40 to 55 uh, will be in the exile. 56 to 66 will be post-exile, right? And so in the first half of the book, it speaks of the coming of the kingdom, right? And the king. Then he goes on new exodus. And then finally, like I said, new creation. So here the future promises are extended once again, not just to Jerusalem, but to the ends of the earth. Now they are post-exile. And God says, I love it. While, while you wait on the new creation, while you wait on the coming kingdom, listen, listen, live justly, <laughs> live righteously. Right. He says, no, in the meantime, <laughs> in between time. Right. God gives us work to do in the waiting room. Right. And I love it. He's he says, no, no, this will actually lead to your blessedness. This will actually lead to your happiness. Go see Matthew five. He says salvation is is coming but i'm giving you something to do while it's on its way it's the same thing for us right the bible says that no we have been saved we are being saved and we will be saved right but in the meantime before jesus comes back we are called to live justly and righteously in this present evil age right he says salvation is coming it is coming but i'm giving you something to do in the meantime time and once again this is for any and everybody this salvation not just certain somebodies right not just for israel but for the nations as well we keep saying the same thing this is why paul is going to talk about jews and gentiles so much in the new t he all in isaiah his devotions is in isaiah right as for the foreigners verse six <laughs> who joined themselves to the lord to minister to him to love the name of the lord and to become his servants 
See that service is plural again. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it. All in uh who who hold uh firmly to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. The burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. Check this. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus quoted this uh passage a ton. Once again, though, we see that the servant creates a new world in such a way that from here on out, servant will never be present. It would only be servants. Right. Um, and listen, like both both Israel and the other nations uh, make up this new people. So in other words, God is creating a new people in a new world. And the outcome, the restoration of Israel leads to the restoration of the whole world, this glorious worldwide plan that God is uh, uh, accomplishing based on the work of his son Jesus is uh, the most beautiful, compelling, wonderful story and narrative in the universe. And guess, guess what? We are all swept up in it. Let's pray. God, we ask for your grace today. I pray that the truths of this text will cement themselves in our hearts and minds.